0: Welcome to the Tigers and Takedowns podcast. It's Morgan
1: and James, and we are here to talk about some Mizzou wrestling.
0: Yeah, we've got a few things that have already happened that we're going to recap, and then we're going to preview uh, a few, an open, and an upcoming duel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, coming off of the start of conference duels, uh, Mizzou beat West Virginia thirty-eight to three. They won. Nine, well, technically eight matches. Got a forfeit at 184 pounds, and uh, only lost at 197.
0: Pretty disappointing at 184, since that is our favorite topic to talk about. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, well, and we'll we'll get into that because it is Absolutely. actually interesting. But to, uh, to start off with West Virginia, Morgan and I, we were at the duel, and unfortunately, we saw Noah Certain there and on a pair of crutches with his knee taped up,
0: leg pretty <laughs> significantly wrapped up, so. <clears throat> Didn't get to see certain start, but in exchange for that, we actually got to see Peyton Moore start um, using one of his red shirt opportunities, and that was one of the more exciting duels or one of the more exciting matches.
1: Yeah, um, you know Moore, he's a true freshman. This was his fir- third time using one of his uh, red shirt spots with the new red shirt red shirt rules. Um, so that
0: means he only has two left, right?
1: Yeah, he only has two left. Which works out, so, you know, my expectation, don't really know what's going on with Certain's knee, but I kind of saw online that he had something that's been bothering him for a while, so I would expect that, ideally, he probably sits out until maybe the scuffle, or might not even come back till after that. Um, And so, that works out because Mizzou has two duels left, this Virginia Tech duel, and a North Dakota State duel, and Peyton Moore has two opportunities left, um to start uh which so it kind of works out timing wise if mizzou does decide to sit him they also have preston spray from wisconsin he's a f- freshman as well but i i hear that his knees or he's got kind of an injury that's bothering him as well so we probably don't see him until sometime in the second semester
0: yeah you hope to get no certain back um healthy as soon as possible but uh peyton Moore is not doing a bad job in this spot and i think that with some of the uh matchups we have coming up he might actually be able to Make a little bit of a name for himself or at least get a good test against uh, tough competition.
1: Yeah, Peyton Moore, he came out. He's from Nixa, so Missouri guy, which is always nice to see. He came out and got a pretty quick uh, first period pin against West Virginia's backup. We didn't see Killian Cardinal. We kind of talked about that. Didn't really expect him, probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so not top-notch competition, but he, you know, Moore looked good. He This season, he's 6-5, and five, uh, and he's got three falls so he's he's a pinner you know he he can put guys on his on their backs um he kind of had a rough tiger style invite where he lost some matches so it'll be interesting to see what he can do in the starting lineup with the opportunities he does get but just you know it's always good to come out and get a win as a starter
0: yeah and you know we have a fairly young team but eventually you know all those guys are going to age out and graduate so knowing we have strong backups is good both for when someone gets hurt but also to know what's to come That reminds me, speaking of what's to come, we need to talk about the news that came out about Brian Smith.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. So, um, it came out, I think they probably had it finalized before the West Virginia Duel, but they put it out a couple days after with some of the bowl game stuff with football, probably. Um, Brian Smith got a contract extension through the 2027 season, Um, which, I mean, you can't say is anything but awesome
0: no and i mean if you're a fan of mizzou <sighs> wrestling you're a fan of brian smith i mean what he's done for this program is incredible unheard of
1: he's he's the longest tenured head coach at mizzou he's tied for most conference championships with norm stewart coach of I the mean, year
0: award multiple, multiple times. times
1: he uh you know he is one of those guys that mizzou would not be the program that they are without him he's obviously brought the program to a really great spot he's got a great coaching staff. Um, and mizzou as good as mizzou is right now with how they're recruiting lately i would consider them like an ascending team um and to ensure that brian smith is going to be here for the next five seasons is is huge uh you know we that that's awesome to see
0: yeah, sorry to take us off the rails. I'm just <clears throat> thinking about seasons to come. And yeah,
1: I, I tol- we I talked just... about that when it happened, but I totally forgot about it.
0: Yeah, that's that's news since our last episode, and a really exciting thing for, for the program going forward. So, the, jumping back in, mm-hmm. um, so Peyton Moore got a pin, and I thought maybe we were just going to go for an all-pin duel, because Connor Brown came out and got a quick pin as well.
1: Yeah, Connor Brown had, you know, he had an um, unranked opponent, and he came out and took care of business looked aggressive Won scrambles locked up a cradle Moore and uh Brown both got cradles which is always like I feel like Mizzou guys tend to have pretty good cradles so always a fan of that yeah um and then you know we they didn't keep up the pin uh streak but they kept up the bonus streak because Alan Hart and Brock Mahler both got major decisions um Alan Hart beat Jordan Titus, who was a solid redshirt freshman, 11-2. to And then Mahler beat Sam Hillegas, who was ranked and is ranked in the 20s. He beat him 10-2. Yeah, and
0: I mean, you know, not crazy wins, not upsets by any means or anything like that, but it was nice to see both of those guys after... Um,
1: their upset losses at uh, Arizona State.
0: Yeah, to see them be able to come back out, uh, back out, find their offense during the Hart match. There was even a point where we heard from the bench because we we were um, actually at the duel. Uh, we heard them say like, you know, your takedowns work. Get your takedowns immediately after Alan Hart went for um, went for his own takedown and got it immediately. I mean, he was back to looking like himself and, and working to get his own points
1: yeah and uh a hype video came out afterwards and it had some behind the scenes of coach smith talking to the team both before and after the duel and it was him talking about hey you know we want to be aggressive first 30 seconds you're scoring last 30 seconds you're scoring like be aggressive have fun and it really looked like you know hart and Mahler, two veterans of the team two Leaders on the team really took that to heart and uh, came out and performed and put points on the board.
0: Yeah, exactly what you want to see, especially when you're out-ranking a guy like this. You know, bonus points are really important in these duels, and that that was really great to see.
1: And so moving on to 157 match, got a little tight here. Jakey's taking on Alex Hornfeck. Uh, it was the first time they wrestled. For those who weren't able to watch the duel, uh, Hornfeck is super long especially for the weight class and is just kind of a a very tough stylistic matchup um uh, jq's ended up winning four three with a i believe a takedown and a reversal um you know and he wrestled well definitely felt like he could have opened up a little more i think that early on Hornfeck scrambled and kind of put him in some uncomfortable positions and so he stepped off the gas pedal a little bit. But yeah,
0: started wrestling a little more conservatively after that point.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think if they see each other again, that JQ's may have a better game plan going into it and open up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, but you love to see someone stay undefeated. So.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. JQ's is looking good this season. You know, sometimes you just got to take those close matches. And last year, this is a close match where he might have been on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. But this year, able to get a win, like, that's, that's what matters.
0: Yeah, progress. Um... I would say that this next one, so this is the O'Toole match, mm-hmm. this is the one that we said was going to be gonna be an exciting one, going to be one to watch, and it, it really was because Keegan O'Toole did not, you know, put it on him, I guess, as like he normally does.
1: Yeah, uh, I think, so he wrestled Peyton Hall, returning All-American. I think that Peyton Hall is probably stylistically one of the toughest matchups because... He, and you could see a lot of development from last season. He challenged O'Toole in, in scrambles last season. But but in this match, you could see like he was just ready for how O'Toole scrambles and counters. And he's got these crazy rubber knees that makes it really hard to finish takedowns. Um, both guys nearly scored multiple times on each other. Uh, they, I mean... It was crazy, and being there live, I think we were both kind of nervous, because Keegan didn't get his takedown until the last 30 seconds he was in on a shot and finished with like 10 seconds left. Yeah,
0: it was not like a normal tool match, because Keegan doesn't always come out and be the first to strike or be the first to score. A lot of times, sometimes he'll end up giving up a takedown, just, you know, feeling around a scrambler before he kind of gets a feel for the guy, and this wasn't what that was at all either, like neither of them were able to score on each other but they were both scrambling hard and in the room it felt very intense
1: yeah i mean you know keegan even if even when he does shoot and if he doesn't get to a finish quick normally his scrambling positions he's really good at what he does and like crowding the hips and and transitioning to different shots but it seemed like every time he did something hall was ready and he countered and it was just this back and forth and you know, time ran out, or a guy they, they came to a stalemate, or they went out of bounds. But it was, it was a, uh, it was quite the match. Um, so that craziness kind of continued at one seventy four.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> so the match score wasn't as close, and it never felt like same kind of danger. But Peyton Mako uh, wrestled Scott Joel, and credit to Joel. He was just like going balls to the wall, going to throw all these big moves out here. I mean,
0: there was a time when he almost had him in a cradle.
1: Yeah, well, and Joel, he hit a cement mixer and had Mako on his back, a tight one. But Mako somehow scrambled out and scored.
0: Being a Mizzou fan and watching Mako wrestle is like getting into the car with that friend that's a crazy driver but just never actually gets into accidents yeah he <laughs> like it just feels insane and it, it, it turns out fine but the,
1: the way he the way he scrambles is so different than than keegan and he obviously still has a lot of success with it it just feels so much more i can keep up with keegan scrambles on some level typically but with mako I'm like, I think that he's just so athletic he can do and flexible that he can do mm-hmm. all these crazy things and positions that's, like, impossible to simulate.
0: Yeah, and another element of this, and I don't know if, if you'd agree with this, but it seemed like there was a little bit of scrappiness to this. Like, a little mm-hmm. bit of, uh, I don't know, not anger, but just kind of a little bit of back and forth between the two. I, I
1: think the match got a little chippy, you yeah. know. Uh, Mako had some really good blast doubles, and I think Joel posted it on the face i think maybe there's some hard hand fighting and
0: nothing egregious nothing no the rules nothing
1: illegal nothing too bad you know both guys kept it chill but it was kind of like okay you can kind of see both guys
0: getting a little heated towards the end
1: get just just scrapping yeah um at 184 you know so so we were sitting there and we can see down the tunnel and we're like who's going to come out they announced uh Harmon and hawks at 184 yeah. so we're like who's who's gonna come out and morgan's sitting there
0: yeah and i look down the tunnel and i'm like they're both back there they're both dressed mm-hmm. and they're both kind of like doing that like pre-match bounce back and mm-hmm. forth like and i i had no clue what was gonna happen i was like why are they keeping us in such suspense
1: yeah and so Harmon comes out and it ends up being a forfeit which is a bummer i mean there's these new red shirt rules you're a division one team in the big 12 you know, I know things happen. I don't know if their one eighty four missed weight. I don't know if he got banged up. I don't know the situation. I feel like if you are going to be a division one team, you should probably be able to field a full lineup. It happens, whatever.
0: Yeah, their bench seemed I mean pretty skinny. It didn't seem like there were a lot of extra guys there. Yeah, so. I
1: don't I don't think they had very many I don't know if they had any extra guys, but it didn't seem like. That's why I think it may may have been a missed weight thing or something. Just because I don't know the team looked like they were expecting it. Yeah. But um. So Harmon comes out, he gets the forfeit win, and then Hawks gets announced at one ninety seven.
0: Not what we expected. Yeah.
1: And Hawks, you know, he is big. He he is a bigger one eighty four pounder, but you know that's a thirteen pound uh, weight class difference, and so that's kind of a lot. And he had a ranked opponent. Uh, Austin Cooley who was 33 at the time and Hawks, you know, he came close but he wrestles this physical style that's just really hard to to score if you are not, if you are giving up that much weight, even regardless of style but, you know, he was using his underhook well but you, it's hard to to really score a takedown with it when the guy you're going against is that much bigger and you could see the size difference Yeah,
0: but I would say that it was it was competitive enough that I think it's a good reflection of Hawks and his skill and the kind of opponents he'd be able to take on at his own weight class.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I, think, I think Hawks... I don't know who will go get the 184 start, but Hawks, I, it's not like a detriment to him that he didn't get a win there. Um, but at heavyweight, Zach came out. He had a ranked opponent in Michael Wolfgram. Uh, beat him 6-3. to three. It was fine, you know, Zach came out, did what he had to do, scored scored an early takedown, scored a late takedown. Um, sometimes he, he comes out just a little flat-footed, and and Wolfgram came close a couple times. They had some good scraps, but Zach just, you know, got the win. Um, and he was looking for his turns. It didn't work out, but he, he was working on top. Um, and actually, I forgot about this, but I, you know... So all of Mizzou's home duels, they used to be on ESPN, but now they'll be on Flow Wrestling. And I know some people aren't too happy with that because they're not huge fans of Flow. And, you know, I I understand that Flow is a little controversial and has some issues, but I think what people need to realize is a bummer if you are just a Mizzou fan and you just want to watch Mizzou Wrestling and you don't want to pay all this money to watch them. I totally get that. But something to keep in mind is that when they had that ESPN duel, I don't know how much money Mizzou and Mizzou Wrestling is bringing in that the administration can say, hey, this sport is bringing in X amount of money. I do know with this flow deal, I don't know a number or anything, but Coach Smith has told groups of people that with this flow deal, it goes to the wrestling team. And the wrestling team can be like, hey, Mizzou is bringing in this amount of money i don't think it's like millions of dollars or anything but when you're talking about a sport that coach smith does such a good job with donations already they don't really from my understanding have a lot of overhead they've been they brought in profit before anything like that especially when you are the only school in a conference that doesn't sponsor wrestling stuff like that goes a long way you know and so while it's a bummer if you aren't able to watch Flow. I strongly suggest getting it, uh, even if even if your goal is to just watch Mizzou wrestling, and you get it. You know they have plenty of good content. You can watch plenty of wrestling stuff. Become a wrestling fan. You know, just get into the sport and support your team and support the support the sport. So I just a little tangent, but I saw I I know some people aren't too happy about that, and Coach Smith has kind of alluded to that, talking about the deal too at times. But it is—it's a good thing for Mizzou. It's a good thing for the Big 12, um, and so.
0: And also, if you are a fan of <coughs> Mizzou wrestling and you can't get to the Hearns, this is not like the Arizona State stream at all. It—it it seems like yeah. they put on really, really high quality streams. So you kind of get what you pay for there too.
1: They've got Matt Manley and Bo Bayman still doing the uh, play-by-play, and you know they're top tier. They're really good, and so and the production is always really good, um, and. It's, it's a positive flow hosted the tiger style invite as far as streaming, all-star classic, they have the all-star classic flow has ties with Mark Bader and Ben Askren. Um, And so all those things, it makes sense. Like I said, if you, if you're just Mizzou fan and don't really care about wrestling, I get it, but I strongly encourage you to try and get into it because it is, it's a great sport. Mizzou has a great team and the more support they get, the better they'll be. Yeah. you know
0: So there's our, our free ad for, for wrestling. <clears throat> yes You're and welcome, and, guys. and you
1: know I, I write for a, a rival quote unquote company I guess, but I think that anyone within wrestling that really wants to see the sport grow knows the the importance of both sides like you know the if we can bring fans in in general, that's great through you know? whatever
0: outlet through whatever publication, the more the merrier let's yeah. get wrestling covered. subscribe
1: to flow subscribe to rockfin and subscribe get all...
0: to the tigers and takedowns podcast <laughs>
1: exactly exactly get all the wrestling content you can because there's plenty out there um but anyway yes moving on from that they also had uh the day after the west virginia duel they had the cougar clash uh open uh which was hosted by siue southern illinois university of edwardsville yep. um and there they were some pretty solid results, actually. I, I didn't get to watch every match, but I got to catch a couple of the bigger ones. Um, Zeke Seltzer won a title there, uh, beating some quality guys. He beat uh, NIU's former starter, who was a qualifier from a couple years ago. And then in the finals, he actually beat Northern Colorado's current starter, Jace Colzer, who, at 125 last season, beat Noah Certain at the Big 12 tournament um and so you know that that's a very solid win for a true freshman um and then Joel Milan and Jordan Jerdon Fisher both made the finals Mylan at 149 and he also beat a former qualifier from Northern Colorado in Chris Sandoval and beat Little Rock's current starter Joey Bianchi uh, that match was great. He was actually down late, five to one, mm-hmm. and hit this really slick short offense uh, move from a front headlock to put Bianchi on his back. And then I, you know, he he impressed me. He I didn't expect him. He got that big win, and then I thought he'd struggle in the semifinals against Sandoval, but he got a really good win. Uh, you know, lost in the finals, but still a solid tournament. Same with Jeron Fisher he didn't get any crazy wins but making the finals against some tough guys uh really good to see yeah very
0: impressive and then uh we also saw cam steed at 165 he ended up placing third um where he lost uh only by a decision he didn't get bonus or anything to a who's a pretty impressive wrestler
1: yeah uh he is from northern illinois he's actually i have always really liked watching him wrestle he's Ba- a couple years ago, back when Peyton Maka was the starter at 165, they had some really good battles, and he's always been someone that's been right close to the podium. So to see Steed now up at 165, yeah. which is a bit of a wrinkle, just lose by a close decision is is positive.
0: Yeah, and don't know don't know what that means, but it's
1: good development. We love you know? it. Love yeah. to see
0: it. Then 184, our favorite yeah. topic. Whitey and Harmon both uh, went to. Uh, This Cougar Clash and competed, and no one's surprised, they made the finals against each other. Um, We unfortunately did not get to see another matchup between the two of them. Uh, Harmon was technically uh, the one who called the medical forfeit, Um, but I'm, I'm right, this is kind of something that happens sometimes at these tournaments, especially between teammates when they make finals like this.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I don't, Harmon might have been injured, but I don't think that there is, I didn't see his semis match. I saw his quarters match and he looked good. So, uh, I think it might have just been, Hey, we've seen this match a ton, you know, let's just kind of let these guys be done for the day. They'll, if they want to scrap, they can scrap in the room, you know, and just leave it at that. Um, heavyweight, uh, got kind of interesting. You know, Mizzou has some really good backup heavyweights that have good results. Um, they, no one made the finals in this one. It was kind of a surprising tournament, I thought. But I thought the most interesting thing was that Ryan Borzma beat Steven Kolchev. Uh, Kolchev beat Borzma at WrestleOffs. And so uh, I believe Kolchev beat him like 2 0 or 3 mm-hmm. 0 at WrestleOffs. But Borzma beat him this time 2 0. Um, you know, so Borzma was blue chip type of recruit uh good to see him hopefully developing and continuing to get his offense and and just kind of getting used to division one wrestling and flip a result like that and just kind of waiting to see him turn it on a little more against some other d1 guys but but yeah that was the cougar clash
0: yeah and um, when it comes to these opens you know <clears throat> might not seem as exciting it's not our starters it's not necessarily for things that contribute to you know, rankings and seedings and things like that but it is really important when it comes to guys that are going to be uh backups to the starters or people that will be starters in the future and see you know this is kind of for a lot of these guys the freshmen especially the first opportunity we're seeing them against some guys that they're not going to see otherwise in other competition um just see how they're going to hang because that transition from high school to college can be pretty intense
1: yeah and especially you know if as they go through opens throughout the season, kind of seeing, okay, how are their results? Are they improving? Are they seeing sometimes they'll see similar teams if mm-hmm. they because when they go to an open well, it used to be what they when they went to an open unattached, it was I believe out of their own pocket as far as like driving and entry and all that kind of stuff in some way, shape or form. And so as you typically you see a lot of the same guys. So it's like, all right, now can you start flipping some results? Now mm-hmm. like especially for someone like Borisma uh, I know that he lost to Colton McKiernan of, uh, I believe NIU, NIU or SIUE. I sometimes get them mixed up because their colors are the same too. But <laughs> uh, he's lost to him, and so now that's kind of one. Okay, will is that one that we might see next semester? And then can Borzma flip a result, or can he start separating against some of these guys that he was close against? You know, so. It is, it is good, you know, same with Steed. It is good just to see how are guys developing. Get them not... They might not get five matches. They might not get two or three matches against Division One starters or ranked guys, but any... Every. Even just one... If you get one solid opponent at an Open that really challenges you and, like, forces you to develop, I think that that is a
0: positive. Absolutely. And uh, there's actually another <clears throat> Open... Uh coming up soon, the U and I Open, uh, which we'll uh see some good teams and it'll be a similar uh situation. You know, we'll send a lot of our backups and, and guys like that, probably not any of our starters.
1: Yeah, the U and I open is a really solid one. I think Northern Iowa typically sends a lot of their starters and so that's a big chance for some of these guys to get tested. Um I don't think we'll send anyone at 125. I figure Peyton Moore will probably be going. It's the day before Virginia Tech, so yeah, it's so Saturday. Yeah, any, so any
0: of those guys that are going to be at Virginia Tech will not be at the UNI Open.
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't expect anyone at 125. You know, It's a big opportunity for someone like Seltzer. Big opportunity for someone like Cam, Cam Steed. Uh, hopefully they'll send Whiting. They might send either one of Harmon or Hawks if they didn't go to Virginia Tech, but I wouldn't be surprised if both those guys went to Virginia Tech just because who knows why um but yeah so that'll be something to keep an eye out for i'll try to tweet out some interesting results i have finals coming up next week so it's been a little hard to keep up with everything but
0: nerd yeah
1: yeah exactly so we'll we'll see how what that looks like um but moving on to the biggest event. Yeah, let's get into this.
0: Week. I'm excited for this one. Yeah,
1: this one, this one's gonna be tough. So Mizzou is heading to Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech. Last year, Virginia Tech was here for a duel, and they actually upset Mizzou 18-16. Um, so in like the coaches, I believe it's the coaches ranking, or yeah. Um, Mizzou was ranked number 7 and Virginia Tech is number 9 so we get two top 10 teams I mean they're
0: right there with each other too
1: yeah and uh, at the duel last year Certain got a huge upset by pinning their starter at 125 Sam Latona but then Hart, JQs, Hughes and Zach Elam were all upset um, Mak- Mako was like inches away from beating Makai Lewis I
0: mean that was <sighs> the most intense in-person wrestling experience I've ever had. I mean, the crowd was on their feet yeah. for the entire thing. I mean, it looked like it was going to happen and he just fell short. I That's the only uh, rematch we're probably going to see at this, right? I,
1: I, yeah. Looking at the lineups, that's kind of what we're expecting. Um, and so Virginia Tech's a young team. They've got, let's see, a redshirt freshman, two true freshmen, and then they've, oh, uh, Hunter Kotka is like a three-year starter, but I think he technically has four years of eligibility left.
0: COVID's really kind of made all this. Yeah, very it's, confusing. it's
1: confusing, but yeah. So they they've got three young guys, and I think just about the rest of their team all have some eligibility left. So, and they they're, they're battle tested. I mean, they have been to see uh, not all their starters, but they've been to the Keystone Open, which is a big, a very tough open. They've been to Cliff Keen, which just happened. They duelled Ohio State so this team similar to mizzou they they've already seen top competition this year mm-hmm. they're ready to go they're hungry it's going to be a tough duel um yeah. kicking it off at 125 yeah let's
0: just get into it so uh like we said we don't think we're going to see Noah certain here which means peyton moore's number 17 eddie ventresca who's uh 10 and 3 on the season um I mean, as much as we're all rooting for Payton Moore and it was really cool to see him get a pin at the last duel, I don't think that's in the cards for him uh, here. I think that's going to be uh, a bit of a struggle. He's going to have to work really hard to kind of limit the offense there.
1: Yeah, Virginia Tech at 125. Ventresca seems to be the kind of entrenched starter right now. They've also got a really good – another redshirt freshman uh, named Cooper Flynn. And those two, Ventresca and Flynn, have battled back and forth, with. but Ventresca's like 4-0 and against them now um he's not a put you on your back kind of guy but he is very much a can score a lot of points high motor very talented type of guy um even if noah certain was here it's like he's he would have to be on his a game to to keep up with someone like ventresca um you know moores look solid and mizzou has had backup step up in a big way yeah but i think that the if if Mizzou can come out of this match giving up a major or a regular decision, that's a plus.
0: That'd be great. We'll take it.
1: Yeah. Um, moving on to 133, Connor Brown gets a very tough test in Sam Latona, who was their starter last year, was an All-American previously, um, but is now up 133 pounds. And what's kind of crazy is that he is absolutely massive, even for 133. Um he just had a really good performance at CKLV. Well, not, I, I take that back. I wouldn't say really good. He did have some upset losses. Um, and so it's not... I don't want to call it a toss-up because Latona has better wins. He's much more um, entrenched in the lineup. He's very well-known. And he. It's he's very lanky for the weight. It's going to be a really interesting match because... Connor Brown obviously loves to scramble, can put guys in weird positions. And Latona is someone who, like I said, is huge for the weight and has been known to have some bad weight cuts. So if uh, Latona were to have not a great cut and Brown comes out there and is wrestling his funky style. I was about to
0: say, yeah, he he can really turn it on. He's got a, a great motor and he... Uh, isn't afraid to try stuff. I feel like especially when he knows he's kind of outmatched a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, it's one of those things where if the stars align, like you said, and it's kind of you know a bad day for him and a good day for Brown, it could happen.
1: Yeah, I I would be surprised but not shocked. Um, Latona he he's twelve and four on the year, solid record, but and most of his losses have come to top guys, but he's lost to. An Oregon State wrestler, kind of surprising. He got beat by an F Franklin and Marshall wrestler early in the season, and it's you know stuff like that. It seems like it might kind of be weight cut related. So you know, Brown could make it interesting. That's that's another match where I don't think Latona will put up bonus, but more so if Brown could you know sneak a win, yeah. that'd be huge.
0: Now, I mean, it could also be the thing where you know. They start and Latona gets an easy win. That could also yeah, it, it's really in the cards as well. But yeah. you know, as Mizzou fans, we gotta hold out a little hope there that something something cool can't pulled off.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So at 141 pounds, uh, Alan Hart, like we mentioned last year, he got upset at this duel. He sees a new opponent in true freshman Tom Crook. So Tom Crook this season, he's 10 and two. He's got really good wins over two guys that have actually beaten heart historically in Ty Smith of Utah Valley and Jesse Vasquez who of Arizona State who just beat heart um, you know at the same time crook took some pretty one-sided losses at the CKLV uh, he he's a true freshman sometimes there's some inconsistency there so it's kind of hard to say you know i think i think if we see the heart that we saw against West Virginia i would take him in a heartbeat especially no pun intended mm-hmm. especially if he can get his top game going just you know true those true freshmen can sometimes be exploited in a position like that and I think this is there's a couple matches where if Mizzou is is like we've got to win these then this is one that they're circling because yep. they can't let what happened against Arizona State happen where you come out and you drop the first four matches and they won't catch back up no because because Arizona or Virginia Tech is favored at some of the later matches too. And so it really, you got to come out and get a win at, at these next two weights.
0: Yeah. And it, it really feels like Hart has kind <clears> of <throat> overcome whatever mental block was happening at Arizona state. And I hope that he can just keep that up. Uh, Cause I think that'll be the key to getting the win here.
1: You certainly hope so. Um, and so at 149, another kind of must win for Mizzou, Brock Mahler takes on another true freshman in Caleb Henson. Um, Caleb Henson he got a huge signature win earlier this season against Sammy Sasso uh, in sudden victory, a 5-3 win, where Sasso kind of faded towards the end, and uh, what the biggest takeaway is that Henson was able to keep up with him in the scrambles, which is kind of, for a true freshman, it's kind of like, ugh, makes you a little nervous. Um, uh, Henson is also 10-1 on the season, and he also beat Sam Hilligus of West Virginia. He only beat him 3-0. Um, and his one loss was to Doug Zapf, who, who's probably an AA contender this season. Um, you know, outside of that Sasso win, Henson, uh, has had some close matches for sure, but I mean, the kid's a dog. He's, he's so tough.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, even that loss, the one that you talked about came in sudden victory. So he was in there the whole time.
1: Exactly. I mean, he's, he's going to hand fight hard. when you shoot a takedown you're gonna to have to wrestle through it and if he shoots on you and you're scrambling you are going to have to not make a mistake because he is he is very good from there yeah
0: and i mean while all of our guys scramble and some of them excel in it i would say that brock is not you know one of the guys that goes for scrambles as much as some of our other guys so maybe if he can Just keep with the clean, strong takedowns and not mess around too much in these scrambles, he'll be able to go Yeah keep it up okay.
1: Brock has the defense to like keep any match close. But it's definitely, I think, to beat Henson, you got to get at least two takedowns. Yeah,
0: and you don't want to see the thing where you get a close lead and then just try to play defense till the end, like we've seen before, because Caleb Henson's the exact type of guy that's gonna score last minute on you in a, in a scramble in the last thirty seconds, and you're not gonna be able to keep that lead.
1: Exactly. Like you, you want to build a lead, and or if you're up late and it's close, then you gotta be in on a leg. Um, so yeah, so 141 and 149 are two matches that. You know, as a Mizzou fan, I'm really circling like they gotta get these. They'll be make or break for yeah. sure.
0: Um then at one fifty seven we got Jared J. Hughes and Bryce Andonian, possibly. Um, they have a backup in Clayton Ray. Um but the Bryce Andonian situation is a little bit interesting because he technically has not wrestled the match this season. He was at the All Star Classic, which we talked about on our last episode, mm-hmm. uh, but like we said, those are all exhibition matches um and he didn't look great there
1: no so you know all-american at 149 pounds moving up to 157 uh it sounded like he was injured coming into it and he looked kind of out of shape and he just looked he got tired and he's got this high flying offense but he was going against someone who's very defensive will lawana michigan and so it's hard to score um I actually have a hot take that I think that this is a winnable match for JQs against Andonian. Um, if Andonian even comes out, yeah, there out. is
0: a very real possibility that he's not the starter. Um,
1: yeah, you know, he, like Morgan said, he hasn't wrestled a match yet. He didn't wrestle at C or a, a non-exhibition match yet. He did didn't wrestle at CKLV. I think if you were going to put him out, this is probably the ideal time mm-hmm. and the kind of duel that you might need him in. Um,
0: but let's get into this hot take you think jakey's has it
1: i i think Hughes can beat andonian um you know jakey's has shown that defensively he can hang with the top guys you know he went to sudden victory a ton last season a lot of that was off his defense and so if you don't let andonian hit the big moves on you that that is a huge part of the battle and then because he's not he he's not uh super dangerous from top you know, you definitely can't mess around down there with, or yeah, you definitely can't mess around from that position too much with them. But I think JQs can get away. And the big thing is like, if JQs can get in and finish clean, or just know like, okay, in on a leg, he's going to try to do, you know, he's going to try to roll me through, he's going to try to, to Wizzer and I, I don't even know some of the stuff Andonian does. Yeah. You can't end up in the over-under position with him because his throws and his inside trips are great. Um, but I think if JQ's, you know, he hands fight, hand fights hard, you you push the pace, maybe not necessarily a lot of shots, but you get Andonian to the edge, you push the pace, you stay strong defensively, you go into the third, maybe wear him down a little bit, pick your spots, especially when you take your shots. You take him on the edge... And that kind of gives you the option. Okay, I can feel him going for a big move. I'm gonna kind of pull us out of bounds, or I'm gonna kind of stretch out and touch the touch the mat or touch the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, um, then I I think that Jake Hughes has a style to really kind of stymie Andonian.
0: Well, and and we've you know we've talked about how we love how he looks this season. Yeah. He You know, last season was a totally different story. Like n- never in a million years. But this season that. I like your hot take. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Andoni gets to start, but I mean, you'd love to see it. And this is, you know, it's one of those ones that seems kind of feasible.
1: Yeah, and and uh, again, it, the real chance Andoni doesn't go. If he doesn't go, Ole Ray will go. Ole Ray was the starter at 165 last season. Keegan majored him 12 to four. Uh, he's got stingy defense, very strong, but I think the the pull to 157 is kind of hard. He's been leading late against Patty Gallagher of Ohio State before just kind of fading hard. JQ's is not really a guy that fades. Mm -hmm. So if he can press, uh, kind of a similar deal, press the action early. I think he could push for bonus even if he really got going. But I would favor JQ's heavily against Ulray. Um, And at 165 pounds, you know, Mizzou's, Best chance to not only keep up, if not take the lead with Keegan O'Toole, he'll either see number 22, Connor Brady, who was their starter at 157 last season and beat JQs, or Drew Nicholson, who was 6-5 six, six on the season. Brady didn't wrestle at CKLV. Nicholson, um, I don't know if Nicholson did. Let Let's me, check. Yeah, let me check that real quick before I... He's 6-5 and five on the season, and he did just wrestle at CKLV and went 2-2 two and two uh, getting pinned by Ogan of Columbia and then losing to uh Kent State. So, you know, I think I Connor Brady has top tier defense. I don't know about top tier, he's got very good defense, he's hard to score on. Either guy that comes out is gonna know, don't get pinned, you know, don't, don't get, get pinned, pinned. <laughs> don't get that's teched. the whole strategy. Um, I think that Keegan will know that and probably do one of those two things, yeah. Um, so, expect bonus from Keegan there, especially after his last match. you you know you know that he's not happy coming off that that match. Yeah. Um,
0: and it might be a point in time when the team really needs the bonus and
1: absolutely.
0: Keegan's always usually pretty aware of that too, and yeah. knows, knows what what goes into getting a win for the whole team. Um, then going to one seventy four, like I said, this is going to be uh, likely the only rematch that we see, and it's between Peyton Mako and Makai Lewis. Um, and while I think Peyton Mako has, um, improved on his season last year and having a great season, Makai Lewis is doing the exact same thing. He looks really, really good this season.
1: Yeah. Last season, you know, I don't think Virginia Tech had had a ton of competition yet and Makai, he started out. Great. I think he had two or three takedowns or something like that on Mako. It looks
0: like he was going to run away with it. Yeah.
1: And then he started to fade and Mako really battled back and Mako slowed not necessarily slowed the match down, but made a really taxing on Lewis with a lot of scrambles. Um, this season though, Lewis, uh, he actually just lost at CKLV to Mikey Labriola in the finals, but he looks, he looks like he's in great shape and his, I think Mako can make any match interesting with mm-hmm. his scrambling um but lewis you know lewis might be a tier above i i think that this is a great chance for mako to to, even a close match would kind of be like okay you know like i think he's all american material if he can go with someone like lewis and that only furthers that confidence but it's going to be a tough match i mako has the the ability lewis he's a national champ finalist he's a stud it's going to be tough
0: yeah, but it'll definitely be interesting. There's there's it'll no way that that match. one's not going to be fireworks. Oh my so, gosh, yeah. Um, make sure you tune in for that one. But I'm not holding my breath too much. Um, at 184, we've got you know our classic uh classic competition between Sean Harmon and Colton Hawks for who's going to get the start. I mean, my vote's still Harmon. Um, I think that they really like to stick with people. But who really know? Who do you have? Who are you thinking?
1: I I am thinking that Harmon gets the start i really like harman i also really like colton hawks i like his physical style i think he's a little better from top i think harman sometimes looks a bit undersized for the weight um but you know coaches are in the room whoever they put out i have full faith that that is like the best option
0: yep and whoever they put out has a very tough competition in hunter boland
1: yeah so hunter boland uh he is a All American uh, from 2021 and is having a pretty solid season. He just got a big win over uh, Caleb Romero and Lenny Pinto at CKLV, and he has a win over oh and Matt Feinsilver. Oh, yeah, yeah all, really all at CKLV. That's a that's a pretty good record early in the season. Uh, he's ranked number seven. Last year, Jeremiah Kent beat him at NCAA's with a big. It was incredible. Yeah, it was an upper body move. Got big points. Got the ride out. Classic Jeremiah Kent kind of win.
0: But I don't think that that's really the, the go to for either of these guys.
1: No, I, I, Bolin is strong. He's athletic. He's good in every position. You know, it's, for a match like this, I think outside of a big move, it's going to be really hard to beat him. He has off days, but. Just stylistically, he doesn't have a lot of holes. And so I think it would take a really, really uh, wrestling above what we've kind of seen up to this point uh, performance from these guys.
0: Yeah. And it might be a good opportunity to see you know what they do have there haven't been too many tough ranked matches for <clears throat> for Harmon mm-hmm. um yeah. to see so if he does get the start you know might not get a win but we'll see you know kind of like we said with Mako like how how close is he how how much is he hanging in there yeah um, i, I don't might think, be a better test i don't
1: think this is bonus territory for virginia tech but it is you're right a good test for either guy yeah um I, then, I, I, go ahead
0: sorry sorry
1: oh sorry um at 197 New number one at 197 pounds. Oh my gosh! Rocky Elam. Let's go. Um, you know he didn't wrestle against West Virginia. I don't know the status of his health, so there's always the chance that we might not see him. I think that Mizzou has shown at this point that, at you know, duels are not the most important thing at the end of the day to be successful in Division One wrestling. So if the duel is out of hand for Virginia Tech then they might put Colton Hawks out here which is why I think that Colton Hawks goes but if if Rocky's ready to go if he's healthy he'll take on number 21 Andy Smith um and if the duel's close I think Rocky can can push for bonus but I think Andy Smith has like never been bonused in his career which
0: is a crazy thing to have happened
1: and it's it 197 is a super tough weight you've got kind of these top tier guys that I think Rocky falls into and then From, like, number six, or maybe number seven or eight, to, like, number 21, 25. They're all going to have these tight matches. And they're
0: going to bounce around back and forth. They're beating each other in these open tournaments and things like that.
1: Um, Andy Smith is very solid. He's very strong. I think Rocky could score bonus, but it would be a match where he would have to come out with the immediate intention to. And I think we kind of saw a similar situation against Arizona State against Cordell Norfleet. And Rocky came close, but he what mm-hmm. didn't really finish it. Um, and, you know, maybe he writes that here, but just kind of time will tell if, if he even gets the start. Yeah. Or even if he's healthy enough to go.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. It'll totally depend on the status of the rest of the duel, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know... If there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of hype, we're we're running, we need a few more points, like, I could definitely see Rocky being able to turn it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I think Rocky has the ability all day. I think he's number one for a reason. He's my favorite to win the title. That's
0: so exciting that that happened. It is,
1: yeah. Number one, Max Dean took two losses in one weekend, so... And Rocky with his win over Jacob Warner, even though it was an exhibition match, I think everyone felt comfortable putting him at one. So, Mizzou with two number one wrestlers with Rocky Elam and Keegan O'Toole.
0: Okay, putting you on the spot here, when's the last time that Mizzou had two number ones in the lineup?
1: Probably, if I had to guess off the top of my head, Jaden Cox and Drake Houdeschel in like 2015, two, maybe, that sounds right. Okay. Uh, Jaden obviously being number one, Drake Houdeschel, I believe that's the year he won his title um i'm not positive so i'm sorry if i get the years wrong correct
0: us in the in on twitter
1: yeah please if not um and then at 285 mizzou the the elam brothers are favorite these last two weights zach elam gets who's number eight so you know on that podium ranking now gets number 22 hunter kaka um Kaka, he's, he's good. He is a very solid wrestler. He's athletic. He's had close matches this season. He's seven and two. He didn't wrestle at CKLV, but I think that uh, Virginia Tech doesn't really have another option. So they almost have to send him out. Um, he He's had two losses, one to an All-American and Tate Orndorf. That was literally a point. They both wrestled Michael Wolfgram of West Virginia and, uh, uh katka beat him four to one so close match kind of hard to take a lot i do know i remember ryan borsma the before mentioned mizzou redshirt heavyweight i think teched katka at the junior trials which so you know
0: a while ago but still a while
1: ago not irrelevant yeah absolutely he katka was a qualifier in 2021 went 10 and 4 redshirt last year didn't have kind of have the same kind of success. So I think for Virginia Tech, they're still not 100% sure what they have in Katka. Um, Last year, Zach Elam got upset by Nathan Traxler here. So hopefully he will be looking to kind of get a win here, regardless of whatever the team score is, because this is a tough but very winnable match for him, I think. And you know, just overall, looking at the duel, I would say that Mizzou is heavily favored at 165, 197, and 285. And then if they can win... The swing matches at 141 and 149, that immediately puts it at 5 and 5. Um, and then, you know, we kind of talked about at 133 and 157, Connor Brown or Jared J.Q. is kind of having this upset ability, or if the main starter doesn't go, then then if Mizzou can really limit the bonus points at other weights, get their own bonus points, and maybe mix in an upset while avoiding the upsets, you know, kind of everything you would expect to win a duel. Yep, all, no- the, all
0: the ingredients it takes.
1: Nothing groundbreaking here, but it's it's tough when you're missing someone like Noah Certain, and so and going up against a team like Virginia Tech that's ranked at every weight.
0: You're also there instead of yeah. home. You know the, and, the home dual atmosphere added a lot to this last year. And,
1: and Blacksburg, it's a tough atmosphere. They're really good at bringing out fans. I think Virginia Tech and Mizzou are similar programs, and that they're not necessarily from these like big wrestling states, mm-hmm. but they've really built this program. They have a strong foundation. Uh, but Virginia Tech, I would say, has a stronger fan base, and they they are really good at getting people out there. They really rally behind the wrestling team.
0: Yeah, that's one of my fears, is just because of all those things, I, I could see a scenario where Virginia Tech kind of gets on a run, starts winning and winning and winning, um, you know, gets bumped a few times, you know, against Keegan O'Toole, but can really ride the momentum in a way that ends up with a pretty lopsided duel but kind of
1: similar to arizona state
0: yes exactly
1: um that's why we talked about like at 141 that's at 125 limiting bonus you know if ventresca comes out and gets a pin that's huge but if moore can keep it to a major that's big for mizzou Mm -hmm. but even if connor brown drops a match if alan hart can kind of stop the bleeding and get points on the board that slows all that virginia tech momentum
0: down yeah but that if you know, Tom Crook is able to upset Hart and keep that ball rolling, I I could, you know...
1: that's, a, that's So many a,
0: of them are so close that yeah. that could be a death sentence for Mizzou.
1: That's That's a very different situation. But regardless, you know, I think it's important. Wrestling is kind of a unique sport in that these duels are important and the team ranking is important. But it's early in the season and duels outside of the individual results don't really affect... The NCAA's. They don't care if you come in with multiple losses on your record. It's about, you know, if Mizzou loses the matches that they're expected to lose, but then, you know, someone like JQs or someone like Connor Brown gets an upset, that's huge for the individual um, rankings. And so wrestling's kind of a weird sport. I just know that sometimes non-wrestling fans can kind of see the, a lopsided score and be like, oh my gosh, I thought we had a good team. Like, mm-hmm. I've heard stuff like that before, and it's like, look, that's not that's not how it works. Yeah, you
0: kind of have to peek through, you kind of have to go line by line like we do on this podcast and really see kind of what made up, uh, whether it's a win or a loss for the team.
1: Yeah, but so, you know, they it's, it's kind of a weird time for, for Mizzou. Finals are up next week, so hopefully all the guys are mentally prepared to to you know stay aggressive and with keeping stuff like that in mind but i think it'll be a great match uh this one will be on espn i think specifically if you have the acc network or if you have like a cable login you can watch it um so it won't be on flow um but i think you do have to have cable or the acc network which is kind of a pain um but but yeah it should be a really good duel
0: yeah hopefully everyone can tune in and you know, we've got our fingers crossed that it's not a huge flood or lopsided in any way. And we Except get for some... Mizzou. Oh, for Mizzou would be yeah, incredible. going
1: sixty and zero against them. That
0: would be crazy. Let <laughs> sign me up for that. That would be great. Um, not gonna happen, but uh, <laughs> we're always cheering for the Tigers. Hopefully, we can see um some exciting matches whether the team wins or loses. Just like you said. So absolutely. Um, tune in. We will have a recap for you regardless of what happens. Uh, yes. Sometime. I don't know. I guess it depends on how James does on his finals. Everyone <laughs> yeah. wish wish James the the luck on his finals. He's in physical therapy school right now. Yep. Um. But we'll we'll try to get an F out for you. That'll be a good study break. Is recording a recap episode, uh, in the coming week. For absolutely, everybody.
1: absolutely. We'll have time. We'll have time. But all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And you know what we say.
1: Mizzou is a wrestling school. Bye.
0: Bye.